Hey, uh, fella, do we have any pot? No, we don't. Marijuana is illegal. What about nitrous, man? Shut up, Er. Frymen, we're full of religion now. Everyone, please, bow your heads and pretend to be serious. Do it or I'll bow them for you. You have deeply offended us and our god, and our god is a god of vengeance and horror. And action! Our god is an Indian that turns into a wolf. And it's wolfing, man. Well, the wolfen will come for you with his razor. As far back as educated men have recorded their history, veils have been lowered to disclose a vast new reality, rents in the fabric of man's awareness. And somewhere in the endless search of the curious mind lies the next vision, the next key to his infinite capacity. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is an unusual episode, and it's been a real pain in the ass for me to put together. (laughs) It's taken uh, about four weeks for me to actually get this show together to set up all the interviews and stuff. And on this show, we have never shied away from covering covering religion, spirituality, all of those kinds of things. My personal belief on religion is I don't really care what a person believes in as long as you're not hurting anybody else or imposing your beliefs onto somebody else. Um, what's the how, – how's the joke go? Religion's kind of like having a penis. It's fine until you start waving around in front of people or something like that. Is that how yeah. – Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's it is. <laughs> yeah. So – What we've decided to do on this show is we've decided to put together a show based on alternative religions. Um, Everybody that you're going to hear on this show, for lack of a better term, is quote unquote in on the joke. Um, (laughs) And it went through various forms because we were going to – I almost interviewed a group of people that were into Odinism that actually believed in Odin, Thor and all those things. Um, But again, those people actually were into what they were – were believing and a lot of them also turned out to be white supremacists fortunately yeah, they that did. was awkward <laughs> so fortunately they didn't get back in touch with me then i thought about contacting the raelians but again you have a situation where as strange and as kooky as those people can be they actually believe in what they're talking about like hardcore so from there, the scope narrowed down and narrowed down and narrowed down uh, to the point where on this episode, we have uh, Reverend Ivan Stang from the Church of the Subgenius, which I call Subgeni, which he very quickly corrects me in the interview. Uh, we also talked to Reverend Gary from the Church of the Later Day Dude. And then we talked to uh, Fred or Isla of uh, Coincidence Control Network fame who has managed to set up a religion based on Batman. But we'll get to that. (laughs) So um, the first interview we do is with Reverend Ivan Stang. Great guy. And this has probably been one of the most difficult interviews that I think we've ever had to do. Despite my best efforts to keep this on track and keep it as a hard, serious interview, Mm -hmm. it it just, well, you'll see. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> but it's funny. I mean, it's been a little while since we've done a show where we've let our hair down and just had a good laugh and had a good time. We're about due for that. Um, if you're a new listener to the show and you've caught all of our recent episodes, they've been fairly serious. Yes, we've cracked jokes and things like that. But every once in a while here, we like to let our hair down and just have a good time. The odd part is, is neither myself nor Lobo really have any hair. Uh, hey. 
I, I shave am, mine. Yours is gone. <laughs> I am balding and shave mine off, and Lobo just shaves his off. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to be the show where we, you know, just sit back and have a good time and have a good laugh. Um, so we're going to move on with our first interview, which is going to be with Reverend Ivan Stang of the Church of the Subgenius. Praise Bob. Praise Bob. All right. With us tonight, we are graced with the fine presence of Reverend Ivan Stang from the Church of the Subgenius. Um, welcome to Project Archivist, Reverend Stang. Uh, sorry, that again? I said welcome to Project Archivist, uh, Reverend Stang. Oh, 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 right. I thought you were asking me to uh, project something and archive it. No, that's <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank well, you. Everything's doing right fine. <laughs> So, recording, everything's going fine. Everything no is, trouble. Uh, yep, we're, we're with the blessings of Bob. We are now into the we're sending this out into the ether for people to hear. So, where do we begin? You are the uh, one of the ringmasters of the Church of the Subgeni, um, of which I am. Well, a well no, no, actually, actually, you have that wrong. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm sorry, you guys. You, you got, you got hold of the shopping room clerk, the mailboy. Uh-huh. I'm the janitor. Okay. The clerk. Seriously. I mean, I'm I'm the guy that does the dirty work for you, and it's the church of the subgenius. Yes. Uh, subgeni is plural of subgenius, although we just as often say subgenius. Well, is there a lower so, form uh, of subgenius uh, the, than the, subgenius? Well, the, the ultimate subgenius is J.R. Bob Dobbs, our guru, the, the saint of sales, the slack master. He's... Uh, both our leader and our logo, you might say. Mm-hmm. I wish our listeners could see a picture of Bob, and maybe that will exp- – to some people, that explains everything. They see Bob's face. He's a smiling, bored, cleaver-looking guy with a pipe. You, you feel like you've seen him a million times, and you have, because he's he used to model for ads in magazines back in the old days, the square guy with the pipe, with an insane grin. And uh, in some cases, people go, well, that's their God. <laughs> Praise Bob. I'm behind him all the way. And other people go, well, that's just crazy. I, he's just some guy. Why, why would they believe a, a religion just because it's printed in a book? Absolutely. Good question. Oh, yes. yes. So, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. But feel free to go right uh, ahead. Yeah, so we're um, – and so we, we, I'm, I'm, uh, I am uh, the the person that answers the phone here most of the time. But uh, uh, it's the Church of Subgenius has been around for a long time. Uh, back in in the late seventies, uh, my friend Doctor Philo Drummond and I kind of well, <laughs> basically we were in Dallas, Texas, in the Bible Belt in the eighties. And they were telling us we were all going to go to hell. So what chance did we have? I mean, what choice did we have but to start our own religion? Uh, then we found out that Bob had already started the perfect religion. And so we ended up uh, working for him, although he seems to be kind of an absent guru. Well, um, aren't all of the great we, ones we, in We the haven't end? seen him in quite a long time, uh, although my office is covered with pictures of his face. <laughs> and products with pictures of his face, because we're this is a, uh, a church uh, not only that's out to save your soul, but to save us a whole lot of your money. 
<laughs> or so that we can give it to Bob, of course, you know, oh, course. not that yes. he needs Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But that's, you know, that's how these things work. Mm-hmm. We borrowed from, we borrowed from the greatest religions from Jimmy Swagger and the televangelists to the, the Masons, the, the Scientologists, and of course the more established things like Wotanism, Odinism, Christianity, Hinduism, so forth. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we, we pick, and it's kind of like going through your, your dad's, paperbacks you know you're looking for the good parts i was thinking of porn collection myself but go ahead yeah well that's what i that's the kind of paperbacks dad has <laughs> yes. special drawer that we found the, the the really good parts of all these ancient religions and, and with bob's directions kind of stitched them together in this sort of a frankenstein's monster composed of dead parts of dead religions mm-hmm. Then, needless to say, you know, when you, we all know what happens when you create a monster. It always kind of turns against its creator and, you know, hilarity ensues. So for 35 years, we've been slaves to J.R. Bob Dobbs. Uh, at this point, I doubt if, there's, if we have much choice, but we wouldn't have it any other way. Yes. Well... Um, let me ask you, if I may, tell us the story of, of, of J.R. Bob Dobbs. I mean, I am aware that he is the world's greatest salesman, but uh, it is to my understanding and knowledge that he had contact with extraterrestrials as well. Is that correct? Yeah, that didn't start until he was well established in his sales career, which was uncannily lucky. And the, 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 let's just say the aliens noticed Mm-hmm. Uh, there was this this vortex in the luck plane. There was there was something happening on this little planet uh, that had uh, that was not normal at all. And uh, let's go back in time uh, about forty billion years. And there's this alien space monster that goes by the name Jehovah and various other names. Jehovah One. He's just another alien space monster, but he's, he's meddled with Earth history for a long time. And we've seen the dreadful results all over the planet. Um, and uh, but Jehovah won uh, a single bob out in the 50s and uh, fed him a bunch of visions of the end of the world, of course. You know, very dramatic uh, predictions. Uh, As one does, yes. The, the, world, the world would end on July 5th, 1998 when the men from Planet X would come down from space and rescue the dues-paying sub-geniuses who would then be given giant planet-sized spaceships and all anything they ever wanted, such as revenge on anyone who ever picked on them. Um, I'm more interested in collecting things like the Grand Canyon than getting revenge on my fifth-grade teacher, although she's on the list. Mm-hmm. So, but the problem, of course, with prophecy is, you know, you stand around and wait for the saucers on July 5th, 1998, and they, by golly, they don't show up. So you do it again in 99. And we actually do this. So there's a, uh, every year there's subgeniuses all over the world outside, so they bump, don't bump their heads on the ceiling when they're ruptured up. Mm-hmm. They stand around outside at 7 a.m. It's ungodly hour and the day after, you know, with a hangover on July 5th, waiting for the aliens. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, sure, we're disappointed each year, 
but are we going to let the Jehovah's Witnesses out kook us? I ask you. <laughs> and the answer is nay. Nay. So we, uh, it's actually a really, uh, and some of us gather in a big campground every year. Um, it's been in southern Ohio this decade. Mm-hmm. And we, we deliberately choose a, a clothing optional kind of hippie pagan campground. Uh, not that we're pagans or or all hippies or anything, but uh, well, pagan enjoy, implies we godlessness. Like party, we can throw a party just as well as the pagans and hippies can, and we use some of the same equipment, <laughs> including nudity. Although it's usually just the wrong people that are that are getting baptized doing the naked baptism. So, so we basically, after thirty five years, the Church of the Subgenius has actually grown to be bigger than quite a few cults that have gotten a lot more news were much bigger than Jonestown. Mm-hmm. If we com- committed all suicide all at once, we would way outnumber them, as and certainly Heaven's Gate. Those guys were such amateurs. <laughs> Boy, did I get a lot of worried. You know, Subgenius has got a, wor- a lot of worried phone calls from, from people the morning of the Heaven's Gate suicide. It's like, what? Flying saucer believers, they, they and they killed themselves. So they get get on board. Oh no, that sounds like sub geniuses to me. And now those people I have are a even question more. I'd like to ask you real quick. Bad. I have, a, if I may, cut you sure. off for just a second. One of our listeners has asked no me to ask you: um, Did Bob Dobbs actually sell the Earth to the Exus? And if so, how much money did Bob make from that sale? Or is that just uh, a well, vicious yes, rumor? Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. The deal is closed. Obviously, it isn't 1998 yet. They've lied to us about the calendars and time. We're not even sure what planet this is, much less which year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because if, if Bob said the aliens would be here in 1998, it obviously isn't 1998 yet. But the, the deal is closed. We have faith in Bob, the FIB, we call it. We all hold up the FIB. <laughs> and he... Uh, it, it's not a, a deal in in money. The aliens don't care about human notes of exchange, currency. Mm-hmm. They collect what we might call anguish and pain or soul. To an alien, the extracted soul of a human removed from a subgenius by Bob and kept in containers that happen to be in my basement right now those are what the aliens, that's like a kind of a drug for the aliens. They'll huff these like bath salts. <laughs> if you ever wonder what happened to the dinosaurs, they, 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 something like this occurred back then at the end of the Cretaceous. Uh, so we're hoping it works out a little bit more controlled this time. Of course, we've got Bob um, to help broker the deal. Of course, we need as many subgenius ministers as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to make sure the, the world ends correctly, so that the deserving, the pinks, what we, what we, the, you know, any religion, it's us versus them. We refer to all the unsaved as the humans, the pink boys, the mediocritans, the Barbies and Kens, the glorifs. We have a, as we have as many nasty names for us as as they do for us. Mm-hmm. No, right, as many nasty names for them as they do for us. Wait, we also have nasty names for us. Yes. Um, and, and it's really fun to watch the Bobbies talk about who else is a Bobby. So that's bad. That's like being a Moonie, see? You're too, you're too <laughs> into Bob. 
and so so it's it's amusing to sit in our high thrones at, at, in the hierarchy and watch the Bobbies call each other Bobby. So you do um, have a separation within your church, is what you're saying, then, or is this common? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's there's we we don't have a list of who is in the hierarchy, but you can you can kind of tell who's not. Okay. Um, we we we. Uh, it's it's mostly nepotistic and based on seniority. Philo was the first of Bob's uh, called ministers, and I was the second one. Of course, I was the sucker who did most of the work. Yeah, um, that's fine though. Philo gets get... invited. Philo gets invited to the good parties. Yeah. Um, at the Playboy Mansion, stuff like that. I, yeah, I but that place isn't that about that great anymore. For... So you know, you're not missing much there. I would assume. Oh, I didn't even know. Anyway, there's back in in the eighties. Uh, strangely enough, the people used to draw underground comics like Zap, um, including some of the the well known ones like Robert Crumb and Gilbert Shelton, Robert Williams, uh, Paul, and especially Paul Mavridis and, and uh, uh, Jay Kinney got got interested in the church, and they. They were. They felt that Bob was that we were right about Bob, and Bob was the answer. Well, not maybe not the answer, but neither is anything else. Yes. So uh, <laughs> we had a really nice boost, seriously, in in the world of publishing because of having uh, uh, believers among the underground cartoonists. They really helped give us a, a, a boot up, and we managed to get it out in 1983, which. Strangely enough, that first book is still in print, and uh, the book of the subgenius. It's it's an e, a, an e-book, mm-hmm. although I don't recommend the e-book. The layout isn't anything like the real book. But, um, and we we did several other books since then. And there's three current subgenius radio shows on real radio stations. I mean, uh, college mostly college and independent stations. Uh, my show, The Hour of Slack, is on uh, the Cleveland State University station. It, but I've been on for 30 years. Yeah, it's also available uh, for podcasts. Same so. with... Um, <laughs> it's, uh, man, it actually gets to be a bit of a chore every single week after 30 years. We're on episode number 1,506, I think. Holy shit. And... Yeah, yeah. Not many of those have been reruns. We, we it's there must, and we we try to use material that's only by subgeniuses. Um, we we might use old monster movie music in the background when we're ranting or spouting or whatever or preaching. But uh, most of the time, my show is is original. There's another show. Uh, Reverend Susie the Floozy does Bob Slack Time Funhouse out of uh, WREK at uh, Georgia Tech in Atlanta. And she's been on for 25 years. Her show is mostly collage of found audio and the best of bad music. Then there's the Puzzling (laughs) Evidence show at KPFA Berkeley, which is one of the oldest uh, underground stations, although it is a broadcast, big broadcast station. And and, uh, they've been doing it since 1982. And it's just pure free-form improv madness, the Puzzling Evidence show. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, we've done everything that doesn't make money. We've never had a TV show or a movie or a uh, a really commercial show. You do have a role playing game out there. I, <laughs> yeah, we yeah Steve Jackson uh, Games uh, and and us did a. Uh, an extension for his Illuminati New World Order game back in '95, <laughs> and that was a lot of that was a lot of fun. That was a project that I didn't write but helped to illustrate. Normally, it's the other way around. Um, <laughs> I, I can't draw, but I did learn how to use I did learn how to use Bryce and Poser for a while there. So, <laughs> all right, well, <laughs> oh my God. Let me ask you this. Let's say that I am a lost, degenerate soul who is without slack, which we will get to in a minute. Um, what would reasons would there be for me to come and join the Church of the Subgenius? Uh, well, right off the bat, there wouldn't be any good reason, because by <laughs> definition, this is an organization for non-joiners. So... Uh, it's like a club for nonconformists. So obviously you would never want to be a member of a club that would have you as a member. Uh, some people get the wrong idea and think it has something to do with being a genius. No, just the opposite. We're saying that intelligence has been misdefined. We're talking about common sense, sense of humor and dollars and cents. But the main thing that you could actually get out of it in real life would be some swinging new friends, including ones of possibly the the desired sex. So um, we, we I'll be the first to admit that for a long time in the 80s, the church looked like kind of a sausage fest, uh, like, like, like a Devo concert or a Guar concert. But if you go to a Devo concert now or comic book conventions, it used to be all guys at comic book conventions. You go to a comic convention or game convention now, it's wonderful girl watching, if nothing else. Yes. The same thing happened with the Church of the Subgenius. You know, it's like, build it and they will come. We Absolutely. started acting like it was a sex cult. And um, although most of us old timers who started it are too square to pick up on it, the younger generation used it for just that. And we've had, I can't, I've lost count of how many people that I personally married, I mean, to each other, not me marrying them, but I was, I was the minister on uh, lots of, uh, you know, uh, legitimate weddings and they had kids. Some of them had divorces and then married other, you know, <clears throat> divorce set geniuses. We, we've matched up quite a few sub geniuses with pagans, uh, uh, but, you know, they're, they're, they're from different religious backgrounds in that the pagans have one. But uh, we, uh, they do, like I say, the pagans know how to party. And, um, and I, I actually am involved in some of the big pagan festivals, too. Mm -hmm. I make fun of them, but the cool pagans love that. You know, they have a sense of humor, and they love to piss off the fundamentalist pagans. And kind of, believe me, they, they're, those people are like Baptists or Methodists or, you know, Muslim, Islamics or, Fun, radicals, you know. Is there fundamentalist sub, sub geniuses as well, though? Uh, yeah, but we—they don't last very long because everybody else ends up. That sooner or later, they realize everybody's laughing at me. <laughs> Wait a minute! You mean I'm what they're making fun of? Yes, the believer. <laughs> you, you have to believe in Bob and not believe in, in him at the same time. It's—it's it's this constant. 
tension and dichotomy where you're, you know, you, you may have Bob tattooed on your arm, but at the same time you feel compelled to like throw a picture of him down and just pee on it. <laughs> now and then. So, so sometimes we do that. We pee, we'll pee on Bob's head, you know, to prove that we're not fanatics. Yeah. No, I, I, you said that you laugh like this is a joke, but these, I'm talking about things that happen in real life. It's in funny because it's true. <laughs> there was, I, I swear to God, at one of our stage shows, this homeless woman got up on stage and just pulled down her drawers and started peeing on the poster of Bob. <laughs> I later found out somebody had paid her to do that. Oh but um, oh that was a proud moment. Yeah, oh. we've, we've had some real freakish. We don't do a lot of live shows. Um, the, the, we, we even tried to tour with Guar at their invitation, but even that fan group is not ready for spoken word, no matter how much porno you have projected behind the preacher. <laughs> <laughs> we were always very multimedia. Okay. You know, we've, we've tried to, it was back in the old days, we projected films. I'm going to ask you to explain the unexplainable, and I'm going to ask you to explain the process of Slack. What is Slack? Um, how do you get Slack? Is Slack a byproduct of Bob? Um, and what can Slack do for you, me, and everybody? Well, everyone is actually born with original Slack, but the conspiracy of the normal people starts taking it away from you from the get-go. Uh you know, they tell you they tell you what you can eat and drink and, and what you can think, basically, from the time you're a little kid. They won't let you let a baby eat thumbtacks. <laughs> now, that may not, there may be reasons why babies shouldn't eat thumbtacks, but that's one example, you know. Uh, they, they start, you know, hemming you in and telling you what you can and can't do. And eventually, you, you, it becomes, people get to where they think it's perfectly normal to work at, at an unrewarding job just to pay for the right to be alive and have a shelter. And I mean, let's face it, that is the way it is. And um, we can't promise you uh, a free air conditioned cardboard box under a bridge. You have to, you have to do that kind of thing yourself. All we try to do is remind people that maybe slack is not, to be found in um, that raise that's always around the corner or that boyfriend or girlfriend that you wish you had, or if only you could, you know, become, become the master of that one video game and you'd have slack. It, it's never, well, actually that might be. Yeah. That's, that's a an good, ag excellent example. That, of might, slack. that might actually be a legitimate path to slack. I, I, in fact, I can't wait to get back to monster hunter four as soon as we're finished with this. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Uh, we, it's, um, you know, for some people, Slack is just doing whatever oddball little thing they sort of wanted to be doing. You know, it might be a hobby like bird collecting or hopefully it's not serial bird killing, collecting. but <laughs> Hey, you know, uh, uh, so, uh, so really we're just a, a pep talk or kind of a reminder that, Although Slack and money are related, they're not the same thing. And although Slack and sex are related, they're not the same thing. Bob is Slack. Bob is sex. Bob is money. Mm -hmm. That's all you really need is just, you know, really, 
you could forego the books and the $35 ordainment. No, and, no, 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 no. You know, all of that. You could and just simply swipe a picture of Bob somewhere and stare at that thing for the rest of your life and find true slack. That hasn't worked for me. Yeah, I would rather have uh, the sex and the money and the women and I all must that. Be well, right, the picture of Bob can be on the wall and you could, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the important <laughs> thing is we don't promise you a damn thing mm-hmm. except some really nice reading material um, and the opportunity to meet some interesting people. And by interesting, sometimes. You you wish sometimes that the other subgenius is that one person put on this planet to piss you off, but most of them aren't. Um, and uh, uh, it's you know you don't want to go to Mensa. Everybody there thinks they're smart. Well, you won't find that at Church of the Subgenius because they don't even agree what smart means. Um, but uh, you know you might get some help. You might you might hear some really dirty jokes. I can prom I can I can promise that. Nice. So, you know, it's um each person gets slack in their own way. Mm-hmm. What Bob does is he helps you pull the wool over your own eyes so that you can relax in the safety of your own delusions, and and he also brings you not instead of forgiveness he brings excuses. Um, you know, you don't, he's not requiring you to act smart. In fact, as Bob said, if you act, and this is really holds true in most jobs. If you act like a dumb shit, they will treat you as an equal (laughs) and think about it. It's called, it's really true. And we, and do you really have to feel like you're brilliant and smart and, you know, on, uh, understand integral calculus in order to know how the universe works. Why should you know how the universe works? You know, we're just trying to surf the luck plane. That's mm-hmm. to, to, to follow the path of least resistance. So do you have the most flack for the least effort? And if you can, you know, live off on the dole or just gob on life, as we say, then great. Most of us really can't do that and end up having to deal with the man one way or another. And that's where the hour of slack comes in. Yes. <laughs> when you, if you can drive home from work, listening to the hour of slack or no doubt your show, uh, or any of the sub genius shows, you'll, you're a little less likely to have the kind of road rage that, that puts you in prison. Like. I'll tell you the sub genius hour of slack, you know, that I listen to through podcast form is what gets me through my work week. Um, you know, uh, oh, really? yeah, Bob and slack have done tremendous things for me. Yes. I am a big advocate of Bob myself. Um, so I am aware you just got back from a big long trip and everything. I do listen, you know, faithfully every week to the stream of consciousness. That is the sub genius hour of slack. So, <clears throat> well, I'm we, here we, to. We, uh, it, it, since since uh, I now I haven't worked for anyone except the Church of the Subgenius for several years now, and my wife retired from a government job, so uh, we are are able to travel around a lot during. Uh, and of course, living in Cleveland, we choose to travel around during the winter. Mm-hmm. And we go south. We go to California. In fact, we, we explored the Salton Sea this last uh, January. You nice. can buy really cheap land there. 
It'd be a great place for a cult compound. Absolutely. Uh, except, except for the fact that the whole area smells like rotting toxic fish, and it's 120 degrees in the summer. But hey, you know, if you have faith in Bob, but it's a dry heat. It's really a dry heat. Yeah, we'll we'll put him to work on a little farm down there or something. Nice. Now for a moment, let's consider an entirely different type of case. The case of Bob, one which shows how ambitious men can get ahead under our American system of free enterprise. When Bob graduated from high school, Bob was surprised to learn that this Bob society had created a special type of life for people of his type. Right, Bob? Well, life never was a burden. In the first place, Bob's flexible. Bob can expand or contract. Now, Bob has gone far. Why not profit by Bob's example? Send a postcard care of this station to the Bob Society. Until last week, the Bob Society of the United Bobs. We've had you on here for a while. It sounds great. I'm an ex-Jehovah's Witness. I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you're, yeah, Lobo here is an ex-Jehovah's Witness. So, um... Wow. There, well, then uh, you've probably heard some, some fairly intense preaching, I would hope. <laughs> Although I guess know. they're not they're not real big on showbiz, are they? The Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, I'll tell you what, though, they have the best artwork of anybody. I have been more inspired by the artwork in Watchtower and um, what's that other one? The Awake. Awake. Yeah, those two, those two, we were really inspired by those. Philo Drummond and I would look at those, we'd find them free in laundromats, and yeah. we'd look at each other and went, you know, we could print up something like this. A little, a little cheaper, and we have to use clip art because we don't have the great painters that the Jehovah's Witnesses did. <laughs> but uh, we thought we could leave this stuff in laundromats, and that was actually how it started. But the problem was it turned out the printing was more than we expected. My wife at the time got really mad when she saw the $60 printing bill for 100 pamphlets and said, you have to send these to publishers. You can't just give these away. <laughs> and we did, and the publishers all threw them away. But at the underground comic book places, the artists fished them out of the trash, and awesome. we were saved. We you're almost saved. went out of business in, in the, in, but yeah, in a way, we were financially saved because somebody noticed our work, and and we got a publisher. Then we almost went out of business till the internet came around in the '90s, and that really saved our asses. You know, it was. Uh, we needed a new way to reach out, and there it was. How so. how far are you? Are you global? I mean, are there are there oh, subgeniuses yes, all much, over the world? Uh, yeah, if you if you look at uh, subgenius.com under the events, uh, you'll see that there's uh, been regular uh, tours and revivals in uh, Europe and. Um, well, all over Europe, mostly England and Germany and the Holland. We we really enjoy Amsterdam. That's I one would of our imagine places to dwell. They they don't need to be preached to about slack, <laughs> but um, we just like to go there. But uh, and uh, there's a lot of them in Australia. There's a there's a whole in the English speaking world. There's subgeniuses all over. I'm talking about thousands of them, not a few dozen or a few hundred. I'm talking about thousands i would say over the years i mean it's been 30 35 years we get at least 
at the very least, we get two, a membership or two a day. And some years, it's more like six or seven a day. So you do the math. It's been like 40,000, 50,000 people who, who bought the actual membership. I don't mean that bought – we sold 100,000. The, the book, The Set Genius, and the other books have sold over 100,000 copies mm-hmm. over a long period of time. So it's, there's no way this stuff could ever be bestseller material. That would – I mean, it's it, – it's anti-bestseller material. It's the antidote to everybody else's placebo. So, um, you know, we don't, we've never really expected anything big time. We would love to, I have a movie screenplay and we'd love to do a, a, a movie sometime, but, uh, crowdfunded. <clears throat> well, I've been starting to think about that. What we would more likely do would be to crowdfund, a radio play album, sort of like the Firestein Theater used to do. That would be mm-hmm. awesome. That was the inspiration. That was that was our original inspiration was Firestein Theater, really, for a whole for the the radio set geniuses. Yeah, anyway. you could do Almost that through podcast form yeah. now with no problem. You could do you that like a cracked Prairie Home Companion. Yeah, exactly. You could do that now through home through through podcasting format. Now it's it, that would our, be somewhat easy. Well, yeah, right. But the the important thing is the slack. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> I, I I really personally didn't get into this to be the clerk of the church, but but I do end up doing that a lot of the time. And I'm not really that ambitious of a clerk. Um, and uh, we, we're we're starting to put some of our stuff on end camp and actually charge for it. Mm-hmm. For the, the the radio stuff has always basically been for free. Uh, we sell CDs and stuff, but nobody buys CDs anymore. And we we sell downloadable things, uh, and of course the hour Slack is just free. But we ask for donations, and believe it or not, we get some. Uh, what what we lack in sales, we've made up for in donations in the last few years. I think just because we've been around for so long, there, there's. People who kind of really have gotten where they appreciate us being there. <laughs> they, they'd hate to see us disappear because, in so to, you know, to, to some people, we're we're like the last little remnant of really anti-commercial, whatever, whatever we're doing, uh, preaching. It's not. We want we want money. It's not that we 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 don't want money. It's that we, we don't, don't want to work for it. Job. Yeah. Right. We don't want it to be a job, you know. Exactly. As long as we can do this stuff at college stations in the dead of night, we have all this great equipment. We can do what we wanted to do, and nobody cares, you know. They're, we're we're not beholden to any advertisers. We just can't cuss. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what the the internet version is for. I put the cuss words back in for the internet version. Mm-hmm. So, so really, it's uh, we've had a lot of freedom of. Uh, of fun. I mean, we, we've had to do this around working around our day jobs, most of us. Uh, but you might say it beats working. I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, several of several of my friends are art bums like me. Uh, uh, they they do just enough uh, freelance work of different kinds, or they make just enough off of some kind of subgenius royalty or another that they they can live in a nice uh, hovel and can- not have to shave. Can one you know, become, not have to shave or go to work? <laughs> can one become ordained in the subgenius to become an, a subgenius minister? Well, yeah, that's the whole idea. Um, okay. You you pay a fee 
that's 35 bucks, and we ordain you as a subgenius minister. And there's no law that says you aren't a minister. You you can perform legal weddings. You may have to um, provide a little bit of paperwork, but we help with that. We also encourage people to join the Universal Life Church, which is a sort of a, a tax protest church that's quite legitimate. They were formed because uh, their founder, Bishop Henley, thought, why should people, why should religions be tax exempt? Why should my taxes subsidize somebody's ridiculous, made up, magic by the sky story? So I'm just going to make my own religion and say I'm tax exempt. So they do the tax exempt thing, which is tricky. Uh, we don't do that. We can ordain you and you can do weddings, but uh, but don't try to claim tax exempt unless you work through somebody a little bit more uh, soberly established, like the Universal Life Church. If, but I'll tell you, man, if 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 our weddings are not legitimate, then a hell of a lot of people have wasted money on expensive divorces. Because <laughs> our, our weddings are cheap, but the divorce is not. Yeah, you know why? And they're, uh, they're worth it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well... You know, yeah, the lawyers are the ones that make the good money on that. So, mm-hmm. and we, we, if God, if we could, you know, if we could sell divorces, that would be the big money. See, <laughs> we, we, I guess what we need is the law office of the subgenius, not the church. Oh, I'm well. sure you could establish that. Well, let me ask you this then: If I pay the thirty-five dollars and I become ordained, does this buy me any form of salvation? Does this buy me a ticket on the magical spaceship off of the planet on the day that X Day actually comes? Well, in fact, we have an offer that no other religion makes. Oh, okay. Eternal salvation, eternal salvation, or triple your money back. <laughs> and it's an, it, so if you end up at the gates of hell for eternity, we will pay you back $110. Oh, my God. It's so much fucking weird. The, the problem is the, the eternity issue. That's the problem. You know, you have to prove it was for eternity. Mm-hmm. So it may take a while before your check comes through. Mm-hmm. But, 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 yeah, you know, I... I mean, and I tell you what, if you do end up at the gates of hell because you joined the church, then I guess you deserved it. Let's <laughs> buy or beware. We haven't heard it. Yeah, we haven't heard any reports back about I say, that. Have you had to honor that guarantee thus far or, you know. Funny that. Yeah. No, no. Well, oh, you know, lots of jokers uh, try to claim it, but that's the, you know, there's that eternal. That's not even in small print. That's the first word of the guarantee. Mm-hmm. Eternal salvation or triple your money back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Catholics didn't even would sell you chunks of salvation. You could buy your way out of hell for specific amounts of time for a certain indulgence. You know, mm, okay. uh, you'd give a certain amount of money to the church, and it would save you some time in hell. But I always thought that was kind of a ripoff because hell, by definition, is pretty much eternal, and you're. You know what you're buying is just a drop in the bucket. Might as well, might as well give it away to the poor. Frankly. Well, what is Bob's version of heaven? Is that is there a Bobtopia? Well, it's um, think of most people's version of hell. That's that. It's kind of like the reverse order. The Christian heaven is the subgenius hell. 
it's so it would be so boring to us. Whereas the subgenius, you kind of have to go to the regular hell to be ready to appreciate how great the subgenius heaven is, because it's just unimaginable. First off, you get to live forever once X day comes, assuming you can make it till X day. You get to live as long as you want. Then when you choose to die. You can, you can, you you still get the eternal salvation. So, you know, it's it's a win-win situation no matter mm-hmm. what. Okay. You'd be crazy not to spend the thirty-five dollars. Absolutely. For yeah. that matter, <laughs> just you know, hey, hey, for all we know, the Baptists are right in hell is real, so it doesn't hurt to repent on your deathbed either. Yeah, but you still get your hundred dollars. You know, why not at the last minute? At the last minute, you know, just go, okay, Jesus, I believe in you, Muhammad, you too. Uh, Jehovah, all you guys, uh, Krishna, Rama, Odin, I'm all for y'all, of, all of you. you so have too you know, I'm ready for my virgins. Yeah, you know. absolutely. We're, we're not going to tell you what to do. We'll just tell you how to think. Okay. That, that's all. <laughs> oh, Reverend Stang, we've had you on here for, for 45 minutes. I, I was originally only intending to have you on here for about 20 or so. I didn't want to take up all this time. Um, so I'm going to, we always, we always do that. (laughs) Well, this was worth $35. What was this? Hey, guess what? This, I'm not, I'm not really Ivan Stang. I'm really Ed Holmes from the church of the last laugh. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to put a link up to the church of the sub genius in our show notes. When this show goes up, I will also have some beautiful pictures of Bob up there. So if anybody wants to join your fine organization, um, they would go to subgenius.com, I would assume. That's the website? That's it. Okay. Subgenius.com. Everything you know is right in the first words at the top of the page. The important thing is that the word subgenius does not have an O in it, mm-hmm. although .com does. Yes. <laughs> in yes. fact, there are two O's in .com depending on how you do it. So. The proper way is with the one. Yes, correct. Um, Easily able to be found on the Googles, which has two O's in it. Um, uh, Thank you very much for coming on here. We very much appreciate it. I I can't thank you enough. It's been a a pleasure and an honor to speak with you. Um, Next time when I call, I I hope to actually talk to the real Reverend Ivan Stang and not the janitor. But for being a janitor, you've done a fantastic job of, of filling us in on pretty much nothing. Um, and for, for that, I am true. I've listened, I've listened to Reverend Stang for years. I can imitate almost all of Absolutely. his famous sermon. Yeah, you, you sound almost exactly like the guy. I would I would actually, I, w- I would wager to venture that you probably actually are Reverend Ivan Stang posing as a janitor, um, which is fine. You know, we, was, all, we all have our fetishes. I was the first Bobby. <laughs> I was the first Bobby. <laughs> Oh I'll do anything Bob says. <laughs> Praise Bob. Praise Bob. Hi, 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 Praise Bob. Praise Bob. Thank you very much, and uh, you know it's it's been a pleasure talking to you. Six to an even over. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Six o'clock, Bob. Time to wake up. Come on, let's go. Come on, Bob. Get up. Bob. Come on, Bob. Bob, rise and shine. Come on. Bob. Come on, Bob. Get up. Bob! 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 Get up! Come on! Come on, it's six o'clock. Rise and shine, rise and shine. Hannah, go get the car right now. Come on, Bob. Come on, Bob. 
So that was Reverend Ivan Stang. Uh, again, or you can go it? to, or was it, or was it the janitor? Oh God! Listen, people, <laughs> if you, I'm going to warn everybody here. If you go out and download the Subgenius Hour of Slack, of which I myself am a subscriber to, um, that show uh, can be difficult to listen to. It is a one-hour LSD mushroom stream of consciousness trip. Some of their episodes are really funny. Some of their episodes, I'm not sure what they are. <laughs> What's funny about that interview is I kept – I only wanted to have them on for like 30 minutes or so, maybe 20 minutes. Come on. Tell us what the church is all about. And he just kept going. And Yeah, he did. I just – you know, we talked about it. I've, you know, we decided not to edit that show. So what you heard was the actual interview word for word because I kept trying to let him go or I'd go to say something and – Stag just, you know, he evangelizes. He's out there yeah, he doing is. what he does. He's a, um, he's a preacher and he puts far more work into what he does than he should for the amount of slack that he wants to acquire. But um, moving on, we move on to our next great person that was a lot of fun to talk to, which is Reverend Gary from the Church of the Later Day Dude. Um, this is a religion completely based on the Big Lebowski. Um, again, very similar. It's all about the slack. Uh this guy was a blast to talk to as well. Yeah, he was. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. This was yeah, actually recorded was. what two weeks yeah. ago from when from what we're doing this right now, I believe it was. Oh, all of two weeks. Yeah, all it's, it's weeks been a couple there. of weeks. But again, getting all these people together is has been a pain. So uh, let's just move into the Church of the Latter Day Dude. everybody we are joined tonight by reverend gary sylvia reverend sylvia thank you for coming on the show with us and you are here to talk about the religion if that is a good term for it or if that's how you look at yourselves of dudism so welcome to project archivist hey how's it going man so tell us about what dudism is because i myself am a fan of the big lebowski as we record this interview full disclosure i am wearing a bathrobe a pair of shorts and a tank top so. there you go, man. <laughs> abide on dude yeah <laughs> i am already in full church regalia so um yeah where do we start at tell us about tell us about okay. dudism okay well originally uh oliver benjamin the man who founded this, he was in a bar in Thailand watching The Big Lebowski, and it was, I think it was like 2005. And uh, there was something about the main character, the dude, that struck him. I mean, he was there trying to, uh, you know, find Buddhism, you know, not real intently, but the interest was there. But he was let down by the uh, dogma that he saw in all the traditional Tibetan Buddhism there. I mean, Thailand Buddhism. So he's watching it, and he caught something zen, a zen quality about the dude that uh, he wasn't even alone in noticing. I mean, uh, another famous guy, Bernie Glassman, he also noticed that, but probably talk on that in a little bit. So as he was sitting there, he's, it struck him there should be a religion updated for the modern times that reflects that zen quality, that abiding understanding that, 
Jeff Bridges, you know, puts forth with his character, the dude. And so that's the first germination of the idea. Uh, as far as what it is, my shorthand for what dudeism is, is humanism in a bathrobe with a white Russian in your hands. All right. I'm on board. Okay. So I'm assuming you guys don't have any kind of church or anything like that that you gather at. Um, no, I mean, we'd like, we'd like to have some fun and do something like that someday. Let dudes do that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's an open source philosophy worldview. Do you have, have you had any kind of get togethers or gatherings of dudes, shall we say? Uh, well, yeah, we've get, you know, there's been dude fests. There, um, there's been a couple of camp outs that have been dude, dudist themed. And I'm not talking Lebowski themed. I'm talking dudist themed. There's a big difference. I mean, um, you have the Lebowski fest, which is, goes around the country. They're awesome. And they're Lebowski fans. They're big Lebowski fans. And when I'm, I'm saying that there were dudist camps and dude fests, these were based on dudism, not the film. And there have been several. And I've met up with a, several dudes across the country. And I met up with Ollie a few times. So, yeah, we get, we get together and there'll be more as we grow. Would these events be held at like a bowling alley or something like that? Would that be... Uh, yeah, sure. We like to get together at bowling alleys, but there's been no real structured bowling alley thing. Uh, but there has been like field bowling at, at this recent camp that we just published an article about on the dude's paper. Yeah, so it's beginning. It's it's still a growing thing, but, you know, it's growing at the speed of dude, so don't expect too much fast. <laughs> Is there any written doctrine or any set well, of rules that are followed or – we have a couple of books. I mean, we have the Abide Guide, which is, which would be equitable to a holy writ, quote unquote. And I'd like to avoid using the term holy, but <laughs> it just for in the parlance of our times, so to speak. Understood. And then, and then there's the uh, the Du De Ching, the first book that was published as a Dudist Press, not Dudist Press, but as a Dudist book. And that's been out for several years. I've managed to give a copy to Jeff Bridges of that. So that and that's the dude Ching is based on what Dudism is essentially based on, which is Taoism. Okay. So this is the Taoism, the uncorrupted first draft before any of the magic and metaphysics got added and all the weird alchemy that came along centuries after Lao Tzu. Mm -hmm. So you have the Tao Te Ching. And so the first Dudist book is a Dudist retelling of the Tao Te Ching in all 81 verses, Dudified. Please. So that helps give some like um, texture to it, some grit to what Dudism as a philosophy is. Mm-hmm. So it's not just floating around out there. There are some touchstones, but it's it's Taoism, which is really open. Is the the dude the character or the or the, or the the construct of the dude? Is it in the same manner as the Lama, per se? Whereas anyone is defined as the dude, or is it more of you have a centralized figure? I think it's more of a quality. Okay. Okay. It, 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 you know, religions are all based on, you know, 
fantastical stories. So are we. It's just that we happen to know that ours is just a movie made by the Coen brothers. So there's no divine revelation there. It's a movie. It's a founding myth, just like any other founding myth. Without trying to, you know, cross the line on a lot of religious people's ideas, but essentially they're all founding myths. We just happen to know ours is just a movie. Nice. Yeah, but a movie that has influenced quite a few people. So, I mean. <laughs> yes. Like I said, well, Bernie Glassman is um, the head of the Zen Peacemakers, an engaged Buddhist organization. Mm-hmm. And even before Ollie noticed it, um, Bernie Glassman was writing Cohen's based on The Big Lebowski. And he happened to run into Jeff Bridges and they became friends. And Jeff Bridges works with the Zen peacemakers. It's all very doodly and very Zen and Buddhisty, you know. So, How does Glassman feel about this? About us? Yeah. Oh, he's chill. We, I, uh, I hooked up with him. Put an outstanding answer. <laughs> yeah, no, he, oh, Bernie is awesome, man. I, I, if you ever get to hook up with him, he's he's a really cool dude. So yeah, I I hooked him up with his. Uh, Honorary ordination and a couple of pieces of glass work I did for them a couple of years ago, while they were running a, um, they have this, they have this group that does a splinter group that's doing like a soup kitchen idea, but it's different. It's a pay as you can kind of cafe. Mm-hmm. So like people who have a few bucks can come enjoy the community thing going on. I mean it's all really cool. We did an article about that in the newspaper as well. Now, I noticed on your site that you actually have a way for people to become ordained ministers of Dudism. Um, are you guys recognized as a legal, legal actual religion to be able to conduct weddings and things like that? Well, there's a, um, there's actually a lot of behind the scenes working on making sure that we are, that we do support our Dudists that intend to do weddings out there. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's, it's completely free to ordain. Uh, unfortunately, some... St- you know, city clerks will require hard documents. And so we do help fulfill those needs when they arise in certain states, certain areas. But, yeah, for generally in the U.S., it's not a big hassle to be a Dutist priest to perform a wedding. Have That's you yourself sweet. performed any? I have not yet. I have two for family members I'm scheduled, and I'm looking forward to it. It's not uh, something... That would be familiar to my previous work experience, so I'm kind of growing into my position here and trying to learn about it as I go. All right. This might sound like an odd question. I'm sure you probably have heard that before, but say you do a wedding. Is there like when a – when a uh, we'll say like – we'll go with the Christianity faith. They actually read from the Bible a set of words to actually marry somebody. Does Judaism have a set – um, what am I looking for here, uh, Lobo? Like a uh, script. Yes, a script. Exactly. Do you have something like that to actually marry well, people together? In in the wedding vows, we're preparing like a Dudist handbook for doing weddings. And in the wedding vows, there's certain things that are required to be said by law. Like I now pronounce you man and wife. Yes. Such things. But as far as like a hard script of like, you know, we are gathered here today in yeah. the sight of God or whatever mm-hmm. kind of thing. No, not yet. We're kind of too young. We're kind of looking to for Dudas to help us define what that would be. And it would probably be as varied as the number of Dudas there are. So I wouldn't. there will be suggestions 
Judaism is full of suggestions, but there's no, I mean, you can't go against the scripture because the scripture is just written by a bunch of knuckleheads like us, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's it's all suggestions and it's open source. We're all putting, we're, Judaism is growing itself by the Judists who are part of it. There's a lot of really awesome Judists out there. So they, they're helping grow this themselves. When yeah, you mentioned earlier the Big Lebowski conventions and things like that, have the Dudists gone to these Big Lebowski conventions as oh. any? Oh yeah, we love yeah. those. How was yeah, their I mean, reaction to you guys? Are, are they accepting and open to you? Well, yeah, I mean we're all there loving the movie The Big Lebowski, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's I'm, a big yeah. party. It's kind of hard to not get along at a Lebowski party. <laughs> You'd have to be a real serious Walter. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> So, Everything's yeah, a travesty. Yeah, uh, there are serious Walters, and they can pull it off, and it's beautiful. But yeah, they're just too much fun. I can't, I can't see anybody hating there. I, I've been to a couple different things. I got one coming up here in Maine, in uh, Portland. There's going to be one February 21st. Mm -hmm. it, uh, one of the guys who does the Lebowski Fest, and that's how we met him. And he's a good friend of us now. And we're helping him throw a little Viva Lebowski Fest of his own here to help raise some money for charity. And we encourage that kind of stuff. Yeah, as I say, do you guys do a lot of charitable events or anything like that? Or are you pretty much, I hate to go with uh, stereotypes, but are you more into like the legalization of marijuana and things like that? Uh, well, we're not trying to be political, uh, but, you know, philosophy breeds policy. So you get a lot of opinionated dudes. So we try to not to be officially political about anything. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we want we legalized. Um, as far as like us trying to mount a campaign to the Supreme Court religious rights thing, yeah, I think that sounds exhausting. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, outstanding. So, but uh, yes, yeah, I mean, we just want to hang out How and about share work? philosophy. How about charitable work? Does the, does Dudas, oh, yeah. you know, extend to charitable work? Do you guys have any kind of representational and charity? Well, that, I mean, this is one of the things that attracted Ollie to me helping him out was my ideas about an engaged Dudism. I've, I've defined two different types of Dudists. Mm -hmm. You have a more lifestyle Dudist who wants to live the dude life, be a dude, and that's what they're focused on. And then you have engaged dudists who want to you know kind of get they out want there to be the rug and bring the room together yeah they want to participate <laughs> and you know do charity work or whatever and neither is a, a you know there's not not a i'm not going to get into any no true scotsman fights yeah right <laughs> it's dudism is a big tent it's an open source i philosophy mm -hmm. so it can withstand this. I think that's what's unique about Dudism and what attracted me to it is that I do believe it could withstand that schism. I think there could be two Dudisms within each other without, you know, the the problems that we've seen before because we know we're not holding on to anything metaphysical. So it's all open for debate. Mm-hmm. And it can change. There's no law anywhere that says dudism has to be like this. There's things that it's easier to say, well, that's not dude, you know, than to say what is dude. So I wouldn't be waiting for a council of dudesia, 
but <laughs> make, make throw one just for laughs, you know, get a bunch of dudes who talk well, a lot. Well, I would, I would assume that. Hash out a few ideas just to say, yeah. hey, what do you think? I would say you would have somewhat of a need for something like that just to establish, <laughs> you know, otherwise yeah. it just goes all over the place at some point or another. I mean, yeah. a psychologist might, or an anthropologist might look at this as like an experiment in unstructured structure. I mean, how how do you do something that? Because the worst thing you could do to Judaism is structure it. Well, dude, that's how the universe works, though. Yeah, we're yeah. anti-dogma, so yeah. You know, so to be anti-dogma and to actually be, it, it actually does come up with a few problems. You kind of go, well, well, what do you do? Well. What do you? Th- well, I don't know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what if I say anything, guys? somebody yeah. might say that's law, and I'm not, that's not what I want to say. You know? Well, I'm going to ask you a couple of more things, and then we're going to let you go because we don't want to tie you up for the rest of the night and keep you away from your white Russians. But <laughs> is there any dudes in history that you can look back on and say, "Yeah, that dude influenced me"? Me personally, or yeah, no. Oh, because uh. arguably, people could say that Jesus himself would be a, a dude. Yeah, realistically, look at it. Certain interpretations of Jesus could be called dude. Yes. Um, I don't know, man. When he flipped out and was flipping over tables at the temple, that's not real dude. Yeah, that was kind of Walter. But the thing <laughs> is, dudism is about finding the balance. You're going you're gonna to have Walter moments. You know, yeah. Life's full of gutter balls, and they suck. So yeah. <laughs> you're going to have moments. The idea sometimes you eat the back. bear, and sometimes the bear eats you. Right. You know, so... <laughs> So it's all about coming back to the sense of abiding mm-hmm. when you do stray. And that's what we see in the film. But as far as, I mean. It's in history. Yeah, I mean, I got, mine are like Buddhist guys and stuff. I started, when I, my path to Buddhism came through Buddhism. So for really inspiring me like that were like, you know, Shogrim, Chumpa, Nick Thich Han, they, and Bernie Glassman, who, that's, I mean, his, his, he does some crazy stuff, which really intrigued me. So, but yeah, as far as leading me into Buddhism, it'd be Buddhist kind of guys, which is kind of not exactly what a lot of people would expect, I think. All right. Well, tell us about your website, where people can find you. Um, you know, how do people become a dude? All of that stuff. Well, the first stop would be dudism.com, D U D. E-I-S-M. Some people don't know how to spell it right away. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, right from there, you can get ordained. You can learn more. Visit the dude's paper. We want to see more activity there. We encourage people to contribute articles. They think they have something dudely. Um, we got a Facebook page, <laughs> Dudism. That's pretty easy to find from our website. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can always, you know, Get yourself an abide guide, you know, learn to live the life Lebowski. Mm-hmm. Get really get a more in-depth idea of what we're about. I and see also you have the Take It Easy Manifesto on here. Yes, that that's uh, right there. You can, I mean, a lot of this stuff is completely free. You know, if, if you know, something you need to hold, obviously you got to help pay the bills. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, everything's free, ordained for free, learn for free. No mm-hmm. one charge you to be a dude and yeah and just join the party man help us build a new idea a new philosophy a little little more chill in the world would help we think absolutely absolutely it'll take it easy 
Well, Reverend, thank you very much for coming onto the show and explaining Dudism to us. Thank you for putting this out there. Uh, I really enjoy what you guys do. You are one of my more favorite alternative religions. Uh, and it's been a real pleasure and a lot of fun to speak with you, man. Thank you very much. Very cool, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Take it easy, guys. Take care. Wait, wait let, me, let me explain something to you. Um, I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me, you know? Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Uh, Are you employed, sir? Employed? <laughs> you don't go out looking for a job dressed like that, do you? On a weekday? Is this a, what the la, is this? La, la, la. Reverend Gary from the Church of the Latter-day Dude. <laughs> you know, he actually <laughs> does epitomize the Big Lebowski all the way. He does. I, I really he love lies. the fact that the the Walter terminology, I, I find myself <laughs> wanting to call people Walters now. I when they're, found when they're... myself being a Walter, and I had to stop myself. <laughs> um, again, another great guy, a lot of fun to talk to, very, uh, very glad he came on the show. Um, as, as with before, I will have links up to the church of the latter day dude for dudism up on the website. Nice. So at this point, um, you've heard two religions and, uh, you thought, well, maybe these aren't working out for me. I'm not quite buying this or whatever. So basically much like these people have done, maybe you should just create your own, which moves us on to Frater Isla, who <laughs> created the Batman religion. Um, What's funny is this is the exception to the rule where he actually believes in, or so he says, he, he actually believes in what he does with this. Um, and while we're interviewing him, I was reminded there's a scene in Dude, Where's My Car? where they're talking to them and he's like, yeah, we're, you know, we believe in Lord Zaltar, blah, blah, blah. And then the guy kind of looks and goes, it's okay. You can laugh at us if you want to. And then they start cracking up. Me and you kind of had that moment in here where he basically oh, yeah. says that. He's like, you guys can laugh at me if you want. You know, it's and, it's and none of it. And we pretty much do. <laughs> I almost felt bad laughing at him. I didn't. I didn't. Because he, <laughs> he catches a lot of grief and he's cool. You know? Yeah, he's but a really cool kid. Again, he, you know, he's, he's, he's for the most part in on the joke, you know? Um, I think he's more in the concept of shamanism and just applies the whole thing of Batman to it. For the most part, I don't know. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but Fred or does. So I guess we're going to move on now to our segment with Fred or Isla about uh, the non duality of being Batman. <laughs> All right, now we are joined by Frater Isla, also known as Josh. Frater is a contributor to the CCM podcast, of which sometimes I am a guest on. Uh, what do you do? Who do you blog for and all that? What's what's your what's your thing, man? What's your vibe? Uh, well, right now I'm uh, writing for SittingNow.co.uk, uh, and that's pretty much it for the moment. Uh, but you know, I'm freelancing around and shit. I'm probably a uh, thinking about doing some more stuff for the blog of Baphomet. I don't... The reason we've got you on here is because you have created a, I don't want to call it a Batman theology, 
but you've created a shamanistic Batman belief structure. Uh, am I right in that? Or guide me down this path yeah. that you've done. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not scared of the word religion. Okay. Say about it. Um, you know, it's kind of weird. Uh, it was a few years ago. I started thinking about, you know, where your morals come from, you know, uh, like I was trying to figure out exactly what had imprinted me and, uh, where my ethics came from and everything. Uh, and I was raised a, as a Christian, but I always kind of, uh, grew up faking it for the most part. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a lot of the, you know, a lot of my core beliefs don't ever, uh, haven't ever lined up with it. And, and uh, you know, I, I, so I was wondering, I was like, you know, if I was raised Christian, where the hell was all this other shit coming from? And, uh, one day it dawned on me that it was from Batman comics. Yeah. I started worship. I, I started, uh, you know, uh, developing, uh, different, you know, rituals and stuff like that. And, uh, then I started putting together the blog and suckered other people to join in. Suckered. And yeah. <laughs> okay. So what do you mean about rituals and stuff like that? How does, how does this work? I mean, explain, you don't necessarily worship Batman, right? Am I, am, am I going, or do you? No, I, yeah, I absolutely do. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I pray to him. Uh, the, as far as the rituals go, there's, um, there's a few of them that I've, that I've, uh, published on the on the site and everything you can check them out uh mostly they're just uh based on some other things that i've done you know i've, I've fooled around with uh golden dawn type stuff and okay like that's that. what so i'm going where where's adapted the belief structure yeah where's the belief structure for this coming from are, are you talking like a thelmic magic here or are you talking a shamanic belief system are you talking a a christian oriented catholic belief well, system i mean I can only speak for myself, you know, um, there's kind of a, a, a faux pas <laughs> with, with us, uh, when it comes to interpretations and saying that one interpretation is better than another. Correct. So, um, uh, I can only speak for myself in it, but That's uh, fine. Go ahead. everything Which, I've done is yeah. it's probably been based. I mean, it's mostly just like chaos magic, I guess. You know? Okay. Uh, Hail Eris. that's, that's probably the simplest way to do it. <laughs> to say it. Okay, so what are the basic tenets? <laughs> yeah, what are the basic tenets of of your of your of your structure? Well, okay. Again, this is going to have to be you know strictly mine. Uh, That's what we're cool with. Sure. It. Go, My own personal what you're doing. Go ahead. Uh, uh, I think that the uh, uh, that the Batman myth is the perfect uh, perfect way of explaining the universe that we live in. Okay, the uh, the very basic tenant i would say would be uh that there's no such thing as duality uh and i mean that you know that's that's a pretty hefty idea too <laughs> that's a uh, probably yeah. too big for 30 minute talk but uh i to me the uh that's the main theme that's in the batman myth and uh i you know i, I feel like my views on uh duality come from you know directly from my, my uh, reading those growing up, you know. Okay. Now, Batman is a varied and wide-reaching character. Uh, for example, the Batman movies. Right. Depending on what flavor of Batman movie you like, uh, if you like Christopher Nolan's Batman, if you like the original uh, Adam West Batman, if you like the Tim Burton series of Batmans, even the Batman comic books, you've got – all kinds of range of Batman. You've got the Dark Knight Batman. You've got the original DC Batman. 
Um, so how does all that encompass into what you're doing? Because when you say you use the Batman as your belief system, that's a pretty wide and encompassing scope. Or is it the – Well, that's actually what, – well, what yeah, what you're describing is actually a part of that. You know, um, uh, I mean another one of the tenets that comes up would be that the universe is holographic, you know. Uh, and that what you're describing, the fact that there's so many Batmans and they're all, you know, they're all Batman, you know, there's no one proto Batman that you can really point to and say, that's Batman. Mm -hmm. So, uh, right there, I mean, you know, you just hit it on the head. That's, that's another big, uh, big lesson that I've learned, you know? So you don't have a particular (laughs) flavor of Batman that you base this on. No, absolutely not. And, you know, in fact, you have to have them all and, uh, that's why it's such a, a big deal that you you can't settle on any interpretation on anything is because, you know, uh, the universe doesn't really work that way. <laughs> you know, there's there's just too many viewpoints going on at all times. And, uh, yeah, like you just said, you, 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 you pick that theme right out. You know, it's uh, Batman's always changing depending on who's writing him, you know, who's mm-hmm. uh, who's playing him, who's directing him. It's always a, 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 a different aspect of of a hole, you know, you're seeing like a facet of a hole. All right. So help me out here, Lobo. How does the magic aspect with this work? Is he's, is, is he using Batman as a focus or I should actually ask you this, Josh. Is this like a, is this like a Catholicism saint kind of thing? I don't think it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one way you could look at it. Mm-hmm. What's that? I'm sorry. He said, that's one thing that would fall into it. Or what, what did you say? I uh, see. I don't know if it would fall into that particular aspect you're if you're you're focusing more than anything else you're not you, you batman hasn't become deified or I mean, in, in your in, well yeah in your <laughs> yeah that's probably right. no, that's not true it has in for you it has been so mm, yeah right. that'd probably be sure <laughs> it would fall into the, it would fall into the basic tenets of catholicism you know what every religion is a cult until you get enough people to go with it yeah, how many people do you got right. part of this, Freder? Well, I mean, do you have like I mean, an actual group of followers? We, we or? got like a Facebook. Yeah, we've got like a Facebook group that's, uh, you know, I, I guess it's like the Sun's Light. Uh-huh. But uh, 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 there's we've got a couple of cells that kind of uh, operate on their own, and uh, I'd say about. I mean, there's like there's only like a hundred people on the Facebook group, and then uh, I'd say active members maybe twenty. Still, so. though, that's a pretty decent... Gotta start somewhere. Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I mean, you know, who cares where it goes, man? For so me, the, it's but, just, uh, you know, this was a way for me to uh, become a better person, you know? Sure. Okay, and, uh, it should never be frowned The cold upon part us. just became the icing on the cake, you know? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, is this like something where you walk around the house and talk like this all day? Are you vengeance in the night? I'm sorry. I can't help but make fun of you a little bit of this. Everybody we've talked to thus far, <laughs> this is the most uh, far out thing that I've gone with. And the only reason I specifically wanted to have you here is because we could laugh at you a little bit and you're cool with it. You're not going to be offended or anything like that. This is bullshit. I'm hanging up right now. No, you're not. <laughs> Why would you hang up on us? <laughs> we'll just call you back. <laughs> Of course, yeah, I can I always put my hand around my phones too. Hey, when this interview is over with, then you will have my permission to hang up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. You know what? Hey, what did you think of that voice? You know, I think I actually like wow. that voice. I was just talking to him. Am I the only person in the world, though? <laughs> uh, it's so, it's 
it sounds so effeminate. You'd figure Bane is this gigantic guy. He's not going to have a voice that sounds like this. Well, I what if I had a thing over my mouth preventing me from talking normal? It still shouldn't be like 50 octaves higher. It sounds like someone's dancing on his meds. <laughs> well, you know, we could find somebody from the Church so of Bane mad. to yeah, yeah. to counter this, of course. Yeah, so, right? Oh, how dare I don't, I don't think anyone is going to start the Church of Bane. <laughs> That's just ludicrous. <laughs> Bane allergy? Uh, okay. Uh, All right. So, um, okay. So uh, give me some of your basic tenets that you follow through this. I mean, those are, you know, those are pretty much it. (laughs) There's more to it. Okay. Because I noticed on your site, you've actually got a thing on here for rituals and things like that. You've got rituals and tools on your site. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you when you hear tools and Batman, I immediately go to utility belt, of course. But even here for your rituals, I mean, uh, you've got God. I hate to say this, you've got a thing on here for holy bat binding, Batman. Um, <laughs> can I read this? Instructions: Number one, choose a criminal yeah, <laughs> of Batman's attention. Two, breathe deeply. Google four follow fourfold breath. Picture the Batman in your imagination. Focus your attention on who he is, how he came to be. Tell him in plain language why you feel he should do something about the criminal. In a deliberate manner, paying close attention to all of your actions, place the below image in an envelope, address it to the criminal, and mail it. This sounds a lot like chaos sex magic, to be honest with you. Yeah, it does. Uh, that, that one is a that one I totally ripped off. That's from a the Black Gen Curse of uh, Hakeem Bay. Okay. Okay. There you cool. go. Um, how about invocation? <laughs> I why it sounds familiar. <laughs> Can I read the invocation of the Batman? You actually yeah, do sure, pra- you, you do practice these though. This is for real for you, huh? Yeah. Uh, lately, I've been falling off. I'm a uh, backsliding. <laughs> How can you backslide on religion yeah, yourself? Probably not. Okay. Because I'm so way fucking lazy, Catholics man. Do. I'm so fucking See, lazy. <laughs> I'm too lazy to, pra- awesome, to be a practitioner of my own religion. How about the banishing ritual of the bat signal? That's a that thing, is huh? so long, dude. You don't want to read that. That's really long. <laughs> You're like, no, no, don't read that. That's, <laughs> that's, that's really we don't want to read that. It's too long. <laughs> it's it's. It's there. Click through. Jeez, man. TLDR. Okay. Um, <laughs> how to stop the revolving door of Arkham. These are actual rituals that you have on your site. Wow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, I put a, you know, I put some work in them. They're, they're not all by me. You know, there's a, a couple other people, too, that I guess, I don't know if they'd want to be named, but. No. <laughs> it's all right, though. Yeah, that's a, it's, it's, it's for real, for real. I mean, real, I'm not but, trying I mean, to laugh at you, but this is a very unusual no, thing I, to build a religion I, around. It's, it's pretty crazy. It's funny because uh, I remember the first time you saw it, you just assumed I was joking. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I did. I did. And, uh, but you're like, it's okay it's to no laugh more, at What's that? It's no more crazy than – seriously? Or we're going to go with – we shouldn't I be doing things that, that yes. are crazy sounding. Yes, I know. Really? I your big angry guy in the sky? We're going to go with that one? Right. I suppose I'd rather have a big angry guy in the street, but <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, I realize it's a ridiculous thing. 
<laughs> but that's cool though. I mean, you're yeah. you're in on it. That's that's one of the things that we said to uh, the people that I've interviewed thus far is that we wanted people that were in on it. So you know that uh-huh. were, that were kind of in on the joke for the most part. Um, but you are and you're not. I mean, it's just. Yeah, you I mean, even I, have a I thing on here. Need help witnessing to a friend. <laughs> oh yeah, open it up. Open that one up. That's nice. Uh, <laughs> feeling unwanted, unreal, unloved, and confused. There is someone who cares about you and loves you very much. That person is the Batman. <laughs> the he would like to give you a free gift: the gift of ego annihilation and the fellowship with him. I have to turn my head to the side because you weren't smart enough to put this as a straight paragraph. It's just well, it's fucking printable, man. Monitor sideways and do it this way. All this banging you hear wow. is me turning my monitor to the side. Okay, there is someone who cares about that's, you and that's, loves you. Very- that's me dummy proofing it, Roro. Yeah. <laughs> this, Roro. Pers- <laughs> this person is the Batman. He would like to give you a free gift. The gift of ego annihilation and fellowship with him here on Earth it would actually be Gotham. But hey, as it says in Batman, the Odyssey number two, my God, you have scripture on here. This is amazing. You're all looking for something and I can help you find it. Whether it's the proper way to use your powers or who you really are, or simply some kind of purpose in your lives, in quotation, bar. All you have to do is receive this gift is to accept that Gotham City is inside you and ask the Batman into your heart. To become a son of Batman, you must believe that he is in per- is the perfect being, that that he died fighting the god of evil to save you, and that he returned across space and time to become a god. Uh, will you be the son of Batman? If so, believe with your heart and pray that saying, Oh, Batman, be merciful of me. Come into my heart, Cape Crusader, and make me the kind of person you want me to be. Thank you, Dark Knight, for saving me and loving me. Okay. Beautiful. We're just going to put the monitor back down here. And, uh... Wow. Okay. So, Rojan, are are you converted? That's what I want to know. You read the pamphlet. I don't know. I'm going to have to give this some thought. Um... No. Yeah, those are absolutely printable. Yeah, yeah. Print those out and uh, hand them out. They're they're hilarious. I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll uh, sure. It, it, yeah, it's it's one. <laughs> it's 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 no different or any worse or any better than things that I've heard thus far to this point. So, um, uh, what it makes a hell thanks, of a lot more sense than knocking on people's doors asking if they want a watchtower. <laughs> yes. You know what? If somebody Comics came to my are door, way better than watchtowers, guys. I have to say, Josh, if you were to come knocking on my door, absconding this religion and giving me issues of Batman, I would gladly sit and listen to what you had to say. Oh, absolutely. I, I would. I would even. Yeah, that's not going to be me. We'll have to. We'll have it's, to find. It's, a, it's a, too much work. <laughs> I'll have to find another disciple. Yeah. <laughs> to to find another door to door shit. You, you go door to door. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I want to go door to door. I need a Robin. <laughs> and shave your head. You there, and, bitch. Uh, be my Batgirl. <laughs> I need all your earthly belongings. <laughs> wow. I moved to this this commune. I got it all set up, guys. <laughs> Something tells me you'll have plenty of people to follow along. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Crossing my fingers. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. For you know, it's a joke, but it's not a joke. You know, uh, it's. I, I think about it a lot. Like, uh, 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 I really am not trying to laugh and offend you. I'm really not. So you're really not offending. You're fine. Okay. Good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're all right. Okay. Uh, it, 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 it's I. In my mind, I liken it to, uh, uh, you know, Discordianism or, you know, the subgenuses, something like that. It's, yeah. 
it's serious and I'm serious and I'll, and I practice it seriously, but you know, yeah, I understand that it's goofy. I mean, <laughs> I get this image of you dressed up in a Batman outfit, leading people in sermon, I guess. Um, really? That's what you get out of it? Wow. I could totally That's see, like I could totally see him doing that. I, I didn't even get that far. <laughs> no, but I could he's, see, I mean, he, dude, I could... he's already come clean and said he's lazy. Yes. No, that's not going to happen. Oh, come on. If people wanted to get together and listen to you do a sermon dressed as the Batman, would you not do that? Uh, no, I wouldn't. There's there's no way. I'd, <laughs> I'd uh, you know, fall into fart jokes so quick. <laughs> Have you been to a sermon? No time yet? at all. <laughs> God. Uh, I'll tell them That'll fix it. <laughs> All right, Frater. Well, we just wanted to get your take and find out what your whole thing is about here because you are one of of anybody that I have ever seen create a religion. And being that I know you, yours is probably one of the most unique that I've ever seen. And you have put a lot of work into this. I really, you know, I have to say that. And you do uh you do have a pretty extensive blog here. You have a lot of stuff. The fact that you have twenty people as followers also is is pretty well uh or at least you have a hundred people on your site. Is, is pretty interesting as well. Um, yeah, you've got a lot of in-depth stuff on here. Myths and science of the age or why you don't go to the Renaissance Festival. Uh, <laughs> Tenets of the Sons of Batman. You've got it all on here. The uh, the please do not look directly at the bat signal thing is pretty funny. Uh, yeah, this is great. So, well, yeah. Thanks, man. We're, uh, I appreciate it. Oh, no problem at all. It was just fun talking to you about this. I just wanted to hear what you had to say and everything and be a good sport about it. But, um... Thank you for being on the show. Um, would you like to tell people the yeah, website you can man. find it at? Oh, yeah. It's uh, sonsofthebatman.blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, you should follow me on Twitter, too. I'm uh, at joshlee00. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am yeah. one of your Twitter yeah. followers, actually. Actually? You, you sure actually? Are. And uh, you're a frequent co-host at this oh, point. I, you are more or less a member <laughs> of the CCN cast, a permanent member at this point, I would say. You are, yeah, I've been on there like a year now, man. I just realized that. You are the most consistent person to be on CCN, even more so than the actual hosts themselves. <laughs> which is <laughs> which is why we only have three listeners. Yeah. Why we have only three <laughs> listeners. Well, that's two more than we have, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Josh, thanks a lot. You take care. Nice talking to you. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. No problem. Take care, brother. Ah, who are you? It doesn't matter who we are. What matters is our plan. You should have respected my authority. Want to get in contact with the show or listen to back episodes? It's easy. Go to www.projectarchivist.com. On the right side of the page, you'll find links to our archives, as well as links on how to get onto our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. If you want to leave a voicemail for us, it's 734-681-0459. Yes, we do listen to all of them. Or if you want to talk to Lobo directly, you can call 203-212-9975. Yes, that will in fact put you in touch with his cell phone. If he's available, he will take your call and talk to you. If you're just looking to send us an email, you can do that at projectarchivist at gmail.com. Don't forget to look for us on iTunes under the podcast section, or you can stream us right to your phone with the Stitcher Android app for free. Well, that's everybody that we could round up for this episode. I... I'm thinking I'm going to keep trying to see if I could get other people on because there was like the church of the internet that I wanted to get. 
I wanted to get the first church of the last laugh, which is what at the beginning of this show, Reverend Stang made the joke about. I kept trying to contact those guys and they would like, no, you want to talk to the church of the subgenius. And I said, no, I want to talk to you guys. We're already talking to them. And they just kept bouncing me back. It was really, really odd. Mm. They just, they were like, well, yes, uh, we're, we're saying stupid, et cetera, but we're not who you want to talk to. And I'm like, yeah, you are. I'm contacting you to talk to you. <laughs> you are not who we think I'm you like, are. Are you trying to do a Jedi mind trick on me or whatever? <laughs> that was another organization I tried to get a hold of was the Church of the Jedi. Mm. Um, and I couldn't get a hold, I couldn't get in touch with them either. So there was a bunch of people that I wanted to get in touch with for the show that I just wasn't able to, which I'm going to continue to try to. I don't want to promise it, though, because every time I make a promise, like, we're going to do this or we're going to do that, something happens and it never happens. It's called but, a uh, curse. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I guess we should move on. We did get uh, some email. Mm. Uh, Kip sent us an email, and it's probably one of the coolest emails I've gotten in a while. It's a little mm. lengthy, but I'm going to read it. Uh, hey, Rojan and Lobo, the last episode with Dr. Saab was truly mind-blowing. You ask asked for a critique on how you guys are doing as of late and you are killing it i think you shine when you guys are just riffing as banal puts it jamming with a guest you are truly excited to talk with you ask some of the most intelligent and ex mind expanding questions huh <laughs> go figure <laughs> I, I yeah i didn't think you guys uh i don't think you guys run the risk of turning into eerie radio by that he means when eerie radio started going downhill um i really haven't listened to the new show so i have no idea um i don't think the weakest oh i do think the weakest shows are the ones where you uh ones you do where you just sort of recite facts about a topic and i'm glad you're moving away from these okay so now on to the dr Saab. uh have you read do androids dream of electric sheep are you kidding yes. me of course <laughs> i've got like three copies of it right here on my shelf and i have three different versions of blade runner nice. i would assume so his work seems to be pioneering the technology they have in the book where they use those vapor machines to elicit specific emotional emotions like confidence, focus, and even sadness in the movie that is referred to as the Voight-Kampf test. Uh, super interesting stuff, how you can just hotwire your brain to feel however you want. I can't believe that it might be true. I hope it pans out so I can uh, huff the hell out of pure logic. Yes. <laughs> uh, when you guys brought up Lobo's near-death experience and, and how it was not paranormal, might be the brain's interpretation of what is going on. This was extremely interesting. Possibly that he fit into the framework structure that could process – wait a minute. He could process to get through it with a question mark. Or he might have seen it through his brain's manufactured lens, question mark. I am a 3D artist by trade and worked in the film industry for a time. I'm now a game developer. Awesome. Yeah. I was hit by an SUV on the foot while running across the street. Stupid. It had an OBE, but it was totally like I was in a movie. Literally, people's voices slowed down, the camera panned back, and I had that rushing, wrecked focus like in Snatch. When Brad Pitt is getting the crap beaten out of him in <laughs> boxing. Later, some weird stuff happened to me, which I can't explain, similar but different to what Lobo experienced on the tree. But the first part was so cinematic, I had no clue why. This shed a little light on my experience, and I found it utterly fascinating. Anyways, keep up the good work. And then he's got P.S. 
please get Ted Rowe back on to talk about Kung Fu or really anything in particular. I would love to hear Lobo's interview on Paratopia, but they took it down. Um, Ted Rowe, yes, we did. That was one of the things that I said earlier. With someday we're going to have Ted Rowe back to talk about Kung Fu. That's probably going to happen sooner or later because it's been rolling around in the back of my head even before we got this email. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, thanks, Kip. Um, that that email, even though I just read it kind of shoddy, made my made my week. Yeah, um, we did get a couple of donations into the show. Thank you, Teller, and thank you, Brian. Um, Stephanie did send us an email in regards to Dr. Saab's interview about near-death experiences. Uh, Stephanie, I love you to death, and I know you're listening to this right now, and I would read it, but the problem is, is you wrote us a book. (laughs) (laughs) Very insightful. I I shit you not. It's, yeah, it's very insightful. It's like five paragraphs long. Um, but basically she goes into a lot of things about Dr. Saab not taking different indie ears experiences into account and various other things. The thing was, is that uh, before Dr. Saab came on the show, um, I had been corresponding with him with emails back and forth. And I said, hey, I've got this idea. You know, could you come on here and talk about uh, near-death experiences, you being a neurologist and seeing things from a purely science side? You know, just give us your opinion of what you think might be going on. He really doesn't study that field at all. It's not at all his branch of study. He studies what he talked about on the show. So when we did talk about near-death experiences, I think he had a um, somewhat limited uh, scope of of dealing with that kind of stuff. And I think we kind of pushed him into that direction for lack of a better term. Um, So he was just giving us his opinion based on what he saw and what he deals with, I don't. He doesn't actually really um, study near-death experiences. I don't think it's something that he's really into. He's a scientist, and he does sciencey things and stuff like that over in Switzerland. Math and science and stuff. Yeah, which they did announce the Mars One candidates, and neither uh, Doctor Saab nor Melissa were in that final 100 people to go. Um, Saab, uh, uh, Besh doesn't sound too bothered by it. I'm, I'm sure he is. Um, I think he's still in the running to go later on or something like that. I'm not real 100% sure. I think he could run for a chance at it again. Uh, but yeah, neither one of them were picked to go. So that sucks. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. <laughs> that, that blow is pretty bad. Um, so yeah, that was some feedback we got. Again, I still want to hear from other people out there that are listening to the show right now. Uh, call our voicemail, which somebody did. They didn't leave a message. It just made a weird crackling sound and that was the end of it. Uh, but Fuck you know. Man. Yeah, really. <laughs> Could have been Batman. I heard you on the show. <laughs> Tried to leave you a message. You ignored it. So I understand that you want me to leave a message. But um, <laughs> shut up, Bane. But anyways, uh, yeah, I, I do still want to hear from people out there. Um, are you cool with us having you know longer episodes? Um, you know, give us some feedback. Let us know. You can email us at projectarchivist at gmail.com. You can find us on the Twitters. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can find our Facebook page, Project Archivist, which is still growing. Um, we have lots of interaction there. A lot of people that are just joining and sitting in the background and lurking, which is perfectly fine. Uh, the Twitter page has been going insane with the yep. amount of people that are following us. I don't know if I gave Mescatonic Musings a, um, a shout out last show, but if you guys are into I so. horror, I, I don't remember if I did or not. But if I, hmm. I'm definitely doing it this you time, are now. I am to, for sure this time. Well, I like them a lot. They're they're a they cover horror stories and movies and things like that. Um, there's a chick on the show who sounds hot as hell and she cusses like a sailor. Uh, <laughs> Gee, I wonder why you listen. Uh, you know, um, 
So give them a listen. That, that'll that'll counters our podcast shout out of the week. And there's also another one out there called um, Cool Story Show, I believe it is. Now, this is me promoing promoing the show, and I don't entirely even know what the heck it is. But um, I'll get more information about them and push it on later. So that's it for me, Rambling. Do you have anything you would like to say? Uh, I'm not on Facebook. Yeah, I know. You took a break and the interwebs went nuts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, I don't know when I'm coming back. And it's not really a big deal. Uh, if anybody needs to get a hold of me, then they can. My number's been rolling around for the last three years. Mm-hmm. So uh, chill out. Too. Yeah, the Google yeah. number's out there. Yeah, um, so just chill out. <laughs> you are on Twitter. I know, I've noticed I am on Twitter. You've been, I am indeed on Twitter. You've been more active on Twitter. See, now the thing is, is if I, I find when I shut off my Facebook, uh, I tend to focus on myself a little more. Mm-hmm. And Twitter's quick and easy and... You know, it's it's weird because we have a completely different presence on Twitter than mm-hmm. we do on Facebook. Yep. I still fire out weird random news stories all the time. And as of late, the, there's all this community of podcasters out there on Twitter that all of a sudden, boom, everybody's just – we're friending. You know, people are following us and we're following other people. And Good stuff. It's snowballing really, really fast, but it's a completely different kind of community on Twitter. Yeah. See, so you post random stuff. I – I post stupid shit. Yeah. Well, I have my fair share of stupid stuff as well. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's weird. Like, we've got a bizarre group of people that follow us on Twitter that some of them, honestly, I think are just bots. Or there's some people out there that are. Go to their pages and look at them. I have. But, like, if somebody sends me an automated response, I'm like, all right, what's up? But I've had people that have have followed me that that have been like, hey, listen, um, I just want you to go check my books out or whatever. I'm like, all right, at least you're honest. You know, go check my podcast out. Um, Podcast Digest is another person that followed us this week. Um, and all they do is they have a podcast that reviews other podcasts. So if you're somebody that likes to go out and find new stuff, you know, go listen to Podcast Digest. Um, they're pretty cool. You know, he has a guest on the show. He reviews podcasts. He never says anything negative. If he doesn't like a show, he just unsubscribes to him and doesn't say anything, which I'm a little worried that he's following us. So if he doesn't say anything about us, I'm going to know that he thinks our show sucks. <laughs> you guys suck. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah. All right. Well, um, we should probably close this out because it's so. it's a long show. Um, before I do, though, I'm going to put a little ranting on here or something that one of our listeners posted. And this one comes to us from Amy. And yes, Joe, if you're listening, this is your sister. <laughs> so, but uh, sister. Amy writes, maybe you're doing the dishes at 7, 12 p.m. on a Tuesday night and suddenly you're outside of yourself. You realize that all of the people of all the people and animals and unseen living things on the planet in the galaxy, among galaxies, you ended up as you. And there you are. You, magnificent, beautiful and and insignificant living machine. There you are. Do you ever get that feeling? I do. Then the LSD wears off. And I realize I'm actually at the parking lot of an Arby's asking strangers if they have spare potato screws for sale. <sighs> I've been That's there. Great. Not in the parking lot asking people if they have spare potato screws for sale. Well, Arby's maybe sucks. Not the LSD. So, anyways, this is Rojan. Peace out from the D. This is Lobo from Connecticut. Glass hurts if you step on it or eat it. Why would you eat glass? Are you Jim Rhodes? Oh God. Let's not bring that dude's name up, please. We tried uh, to contact him. Backstory. Let's not. All right. <laughs> Anyways, 
uh, no show next week, so we're taking a week off. That's it. Peace out, folks. I'm Batman. The Bible said you keep him out in the light.
Bible said you keep him out in the light. That's the end of the pretty music, folks. Now all the horrible ugliness starts. Praise Bob. Do you push the caffeine drink alarm in the morning? Do you drink more than one caffeine drink during the day? Do you feel like you need a caffeine drink in the daytime? It's because you're tossing an old-fashioned Swedish soft yet supported gravity-defying weightless certified amazing caffeine drink developed by NASA at night. You deserve a good caffeine drink, and that's just what you'll get with the good caffeine system. And uh, now I don't sleep at all. <laughs> you'll never get a good night's sleep. I can wake him up or disturb him. Try that with a metal spring. Look how the caffeine drink doesn't tip over as Kelly moves billions of uncomfortable metal springs. So call now, and we'll rush you this free sample of the amazing, unheard of, 20-year limited warranty. Free. So call 130-13 now. So call 130-13 now. That's 130-13. Bob? Uh, how long before something? Instantaneously. You feel like a sugar rush, like a caffeine buzz. Start feeling like you want to start having a caffeine buzz because you have extra sugar. Why we sleep is to rebuild our caffeine system, and it starts helping build the sugar rush. This on its own, so after the first day or two, increased like like a sugar rush right like a caffeine buzz right and it's increased ever since then it's been nine years so i mean the longer you use it the better you right. feel the more conditioning you feel right that is me told that is me first right and it obviously uh, can in most cases be corrected <laughs> Hector got a brand new pair of Mexican shoes while in the city. They weren't very comfortable and they exploded. And the flame burned his face and forearms causing blistering and severe pain. But they looked good. And he wore them all day long as he became sick with a high fever and shaking chills. Hector ran to his house where his wife did not allow him to wear his new shoes. He was developing cretinism from a lack of iodine in the open source of his feet. Today we want to talk about... Bob?